Hey everybody and welcome. We're back here on the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. And I want to thank both uh, Chris Honeywell and Scott Gardner for hosting us for yet another summer with you where we will be doing commentaries for movies from the year 1989. It's crazy to think that this was 30 years ago. But you know, as the years go on, these movies become incredibly important because these are, you know, movies that I saw when they first came out. I didn't see this one in the theater, but I saw it, you know, immediately when it came on video. Then the anticipation for part three was huge. I watched, you know, one and two, like bumper to bumper. Oh, we're talking about Back to the Future too. Yeah, the the adrenaline rush the adre- that, yes. that the whole series series gives you is great. Uh, the music, the action, um, it, the show makes a lot of, uh, or not the show, but the movies make a lot of fun of itself too. I think in kind of a tongue in cheek way. Uh, what is really neat here is that in Back to the Future Two Part Two is really fun is because we are now living. Farther in the future than what they envisioned. Yeah, here four in the years, movie. four years past it. We we can do some comparison once we get started. Um, so it's me and Sasha tonight, and uh, Matt's here as well. We'll probably Ooh. pipe in. Now, um, let's do, we've got this on the DVD. Let's do a countdown and get started, and we'll talk about when we first saw this movie, if we can remember that. I think that's fair. All right. So let's get her started. All right. Five, four, three, two, one, and hit that play button. 88 miles per hour. The screen goes white. So we're looking at where it says this is rated PG, parental guidance suggested. And my parents were definitely on board with my sister and I watching this movie in the probably the summer of 1990 when I saw it for the first yeah. time. My folks were painting the house, and it didn't get a video release very quickly before um, Back to the Future 3 came out. Now, the, the turnaround on videos coming out was a lot longer in the 1990s than it was in the early 1990s than it is now. Mm-hmm. And uh, DVD has made it much easier to bring out home entertainment when uh, VHS and DVD were still coming out sort of simultaneously DVD came out the DVD always came out before the VHS did oh really yep. I never noticed yep. that before but it was just it was a very short overlap the late 90s you know this here was one of the first films I saw by myself in the theater right oh next, wow right next was Star Trek 5 well nine year old Sasha yeah I I remember going with my good friend Donnie to the Grandview Ohio movie theater there and we would, oh, it was just, like I said before, it's just an epic adrenaline ride. So we're coming into the last part of, oh, part one of Back to the Future, where Marty's just taking inventory of all the changes. He got the truck, he got the girl, uh, his family seemed to be doing all right, confident father. Here in this flashback, this is not the same girl from the first Back to the Future. Future. She was not played by Elizabeth. She was. Really? Yep. And there's the DeLorean and the dock. And here he is wearing Google glasses. 
gotta come back with me. More or less. Yeah. I would imagine. Those never took off like we thought they would. Nope. And this was this was added to the movie as well. The Mr. Fusion was not present in uh, Back to the Future. Well, he, they needed to make something more sustainable than ripping off governments of their yep. of their nuclear fuel rods. So they have to go into the future. Doc Brown, the the character there. Um, Oh, no, no, no. It kills me the kid, the actor's name just Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, he actually looks a little aged there in makeup. You know, That's the idea. They kind of white powdered his face. I had not noticed that as a kid. I don't know if you saw you uh, if you noticed there, but you can see the reflection of the camera truck in the license plate of the DeLorean. And here's the other big change. So Biff is now a Submissive beta. Well, that's the problem. Is that according to the commentary, people thought that Biff that Biff became gay because of what happened to what? him in the fifties. Yeah. No, he just he was yeah, just beat down. Yeah. But look at that anger, that yeah. rage right there. He hasn't changed a bit. Well, he went from he goes from being a stupid bully to being a supervillain. Now, the big, the big character from the original Back to the Future that does not come back is Kristen Glover as the father, which changes uh, very dramatically the relationship between uh, Marty and the Doc. Really? Because it's no longer about, the story is no longer about Marty saving his dad. The story is now about Marty, uh, well, saving the timeline, but also saving the Doc. Oh, I gotcha. Well, it yep. starts out with saving the dad because the the a it goes that there's a three plots here. The a plot is saving the kids, which they're going to now. The b plot is what the father was killed by. Yeah, saving the timeline. Saving the timeline, and then the third one was uh, what was the third plot? Yes. Uh, get Doc back. With the Doc back. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Okay. I love this music by uh, Alan Silvestri, who scored the most recent uh, Avengers movie. Oddly enough, the last time I watched this, I went to see it in the theater, and it was on Avengers weekend, so there were about seven other people in the movie theater watching this movie. Now that we are in 2015 now in the movie, they didn't. sadly, flying cars did not happen. But everybody thought they would. I mean, I don't think anybody was watching, any kid was watching this movie thinking that this wouldn't be what the future would be like. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of things that get off, but the animation here of the of them coming into the space lane, I was immediately reminded of the fifth element. Oh, very much so, but it, the fifth element took away from this rather than the same way the fifth element. Very much so. Matt, do you remember... When you saw this? No, I... Do you remember if you watched it before you saw Back to the Future 3, or...? It? Uh, I'll be honest, I watched probably all three Back to the Futures after they've been released. Yeah. So I probably watched them in order, that's kind of the way I do things. Well, no, I'm saying... I would, no, I'm saying is I would not have watched Back to the Future 3 before I would have watched 2 or 1. Oh, yeah, no, what I... 
what I what I meant by that was had Back to the Future three come out yet when you saw this. And I said yes, all three had come out. Oh, okay. And so I saw them like on VHS or on cable or something. So they pulled a. I wonder if Men in Black got the inspiration of the knockout ray gun there. You notice that the doc reached over and put a device in the young lady's eyes, and out she went. Nice floating sign there. The Kiwanis Club is still around in Hill Valley. Barcode license plates, we've seen that in other nod to the future films too. That never really took off though. Now I don't know if they knew at this point that Metalorians were made for uh, cocaine transportation. Because I didn't hear about that until a long time after. I didn't think they were built for moving cocaine. I thought the guy who was running the company had a cocaine smuggling thing on the side. No, they were being smuggled in the Deloreans. Wow. Yeah. What? Yeah. Holy smokes. That's kind of cool. They're predicting that they have the weather service changing when it rains and when it does not. Look at all those compact laser discs in the back. Yeah. That's pretty much what happened, but maybe about 20 years ago. Laser discs didn't last very long. Nope. Uh, originally, they came out of these cassette, like hard cassette cartridges. And you had to insert the disc. It was a magnetic disc. And then the laser disc came out probably, I want to say, in the early early 90s commercially. commercially, But they, they were developing them actually just about the time when this movie came out. So it's kind of neat how they tried to predict what future garbage would look like by looking at emergency, emerging technologies yeah. now in 89. Now the cool thing is, here's a cool, a paradox is that Nike did design the shoes that were predicted in this movie in order to kind of uh, have retro products. Here's our Google Glasses again. In the the visible necktie that Doc is wearing is just fantastic. Oh, he should have had a fish in there. How cool yeah. would that be? Yeah, the shoes and uh, Marty's jacket from this movie are all available as products. As products, yeah. All right. The predetermination paradox, I think, is what they call it. Predestination. Predestination. So... If the movie hadn't been made, they wouldn't have made the shoes. The big thing is that the clothes and the hairstyle Marty has would not look out of place at all in 2019. Actually, right now, I'm wearing a, a green t-shirt and blue jeans with a belt. So, And I'd wear that jacket, too. Well, it's a little too baggy for me, but I've got a... That hat would look a little bit weird, but that's about it. Yeah. Even Jennifer's outfit is... Pretty normal. Oh, well, she's got the Lululemons there before they're Lululemons, the, the tights. Oh, no, those are jeans. Look at that, with a braided belt. She looks a little 80s. I think the shirt, the shirt over her... Oh, no, she's wearing a blue vest. I thought it was she, a shirt over her shoulders. So they've got this uh, conversation of uh, Marty's got to pretend to be his son and he's got to say no to whatever deal's going down with Biff Jr. 
I don't get it. I, I thought you said this had something to do with my kids. That is a pretty hyper-color cool yeah. hat. USA Today is still around. God, he looks just like me. That's a, the, the ultimate rest, tool for all-time traveler is the newspaper. A sentence to 15 years in the yeah, newspapers were coming up on being Within a dead medium. The they're still around. Abolished all lawyers. I want to say USA Today does not have a print edition anymore, but it did in 2015. I want to say it still did in 2015. Yeah. My daughter. Uh, they did say that all lawyers were abolished in 2015. That is absolutely not the case. No. In fact, upon recording this, there, there is some huge legal actions going on right now. I know that uh, a number of states are passing anti-abortion laws, so that's a big, a big legal battle that's starting to spool up. Well, there's a nice jab to the uh, to the say no to drugs. Yeah. Campaign. Yeah, Marty's would go cafe. These were there. Is a uh, well. It's funny. In 2015, they probably would have had a Michael Jackson. Did he die then? 2015. No, he died in 2009. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I went to see The Hangover with my friend Dan. When I got back, I found out that Michael Jackson had died. The cars kind of look, remind me of the plug-in Priuses, actually. Like the one that went by, the Volkswagen Beetle cop car that flew over. Now this lagoon in front of the courthouse, it, yeah. it's, I get why it's in the movie, but it looks horrible, as, as does that, that on-ramp there. Yeah. It just looks terrible. Actually, the on-ramp reminds me, if you're familiar with the Seattle area at all, it reminds me of the viaduct on-ramps. Just this random ramp going up a couple of stories into the sky. But the building next to the movie theater actually looks a lot like the outside of uh, Star Tours in Disneyland. Texaco's not around anymore. Mexico's around still. Are they? Yeah. Although it's funny that they, they would think that a robot voice would still be very like Stephen Hawking-esque. Technology exists to do that, and the shark would look a lot, a lot cooler. You know, back to the... Not Back to the Future. Oh, look at the Moonies in the background. Yeah. Moonies are not around anymore. They're dead movies. Well, they're, those are, I think those are hard, Krishna, not Mooney. Uh, so, now we can buy your car conversion kit. Cafe 80s. That is a very 80s sign right there. They did a good job capturing, capturing what retro 80s would look like in the 2015s. We've all had every single one of those items. That's a nice. There's a Roger Rabbit in there. Now this is really sad because all of these things you would see in a, you know, in a vintage shop today. So they captured it well. Well, let's make sure to talk over beat it playing because that'll be what they'll <laughs> find oh. us for if uh, <laughs> it's on our audio. Right. So uh, we've got people in a cafe. Uh, if you remember, Max Headroom was a big character back in the 80s where originally, wasn't he like a political commentary guy or was he more of it was like a... a TV, it was a TV a, show. It was like about, he was a, uh, what is it? Uh, kind of like a PI of the future. 
I think they did a good job uh, pulling back to Reagan. Reagan is very much worshipped now in conservative circles. They wouldn't do this with the Ayatollah. No, they would not. Uh, that guy is long gone. And you notice also, though, that they, they're still using two screens. Yes. Which we had phased out. Well, but this is Cafe 80s here, so maybe that's a vintage thing. Yeah. And I don't even know why this guy's still alive. You're Marty McFly's kid, aren't you? Plenty of people. It'd be in his his 80s. You know, more than that. So, when he went back, it was 1955, right? They were born in 37. So, 37. born in 37, so he would not even be 80 yet. He'd be 70. So, all right, quick math. 2015. He'd be 78 years old. 1937. Yep. That's right. I love that cane, though. That's just always been a really cool cane. Oh, yeah, I would buy I would buy that. And, and good footage, too. Like, good cinematography there for making it a prominent feature in the shot. The man who uh, Pepsi bottles don't look like that, though. Actually, it reminds me of those 3D snack. They did containers. release uh, around the, the, I mean, the Pepsi did release a limited run of uh, Pepsi in those bottles. Just for fun? Because of the movie? Now, it's funny. They don't talk a lot about, like, whether or not they would have upped Tom Wilson, who plays Biff, whether or not his role was expanded as much as it was because Crispin Glover did not come back for the movie. But I mean, he does get, I mean, it's kind of ironic, he does get third billing after uh, Michael J. Fox. And, uh, He's the most versatile actor here because he has to play three different people. Yeah. Well, three versions I, of himself. I I like Tom Wilson a lot. I I am not in love with... Uh, with Biff Jr. or uh, or Mad Dog Pan, and we see him later. He's he's pretty much a guy that just plays the type. Young uh, young Elijah Wood there. No, this is a very accurate video game remake here. So they yeah. made this game for the movie, but you know you would see these kinds of arcade. Uh, games uh, here and there in vintage shops. In fact, there's a there's a pinball museum down uh, just down the street from us that would have a few video games like that. And uh, have you ever been to another castle? Uh, it's another arcade here uh, on Highway 99 up uh, in Linwood, Edmonds area. Now, I would honestly say, uh, what's his name? Michael J. Fox is more versatile than uh, Tom Wilson. Because his, his, his characters that he's doing here are much less irritating than Tom Wilson's characters. Like, I can't stand Biff Jr. I, would, I, I could live my whole life. But that's kind of the point, isn't it? Is... So here's a question here. They're they're gonna establish a rule that you can't the two people from different timelines, the same person from different timelines can't look at each other. No, they can. They just pass out. No, because Doc the two docs talk to one another and they don't pass out. Huh. But they but they establish later on that, that the girlfriend can't meet older versions of herself. No, it just freaks her out. She wasn't expecting it to happen. Okay. So now Marty's going to pretend to be his kid. Who puts an exercise machine in a restaurant? Yeah. Google. Yeah. Google. I've I have never a whole seen floor. That. 
of uh, where they just basically have laptops on uh, exercise equipment. Really? Yeah. Huh. Same with Amazon. It's no. it's a trendy thing to be able to work out while you're. Forgot his name was Biff. What? And then they added this whole thing about him getting pissed every time somebody calls him a chicken. But I didn't no, know. wait, they, they had that in the previous movie. They absolutely movie. did not have that in the previous no. movie. Oh, it's a new flaw they introduced yes. halfway through? But it's funny because, it's like, I didn't I didn't notice that watching this as an eight-year-old. Like, they make it such a strong part of the character. <laughs> so this, these accessories never really made it into real life, except for maybe the stupid-looking helmet. It almost looks like a speed walking helmet from Malcolm in the Middle, if you remember that. That was episode. an awesome episode. And here is the piece of technology that every kid wanted, and they kept and they kept telling kids like, "Oh yeah, those are real. We just you know we haven't figured out how to make them safely yet." <laughs> they have really good dis discreet product placement in this movie. This was a great scene. I remember everybody just fascinating over this. Uh, in the in the '90s, when they look back at cinematography and practical effects, they would reference shots like this. Really, they just they either drew it right on the cell, like you just saw, or they would do a, a wire. Yeah. Or they'd suspend them in there so you could see the whole body. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, we we covered Who Framed Roger Rabbit last year that Robert Zemeckis and Steven Spielberg just did these three movies like Bam Bam Bam. Oh, really? Yep. So they probably pulled a lot of inspiration from each other. Well, we even saw the Roger Rabbit yeah, in the yeah. in the vintage shop. Well, you're going to see a lot of the, uh, the tunnel from Toontown Tunnel. I'm glad to see Jeeps are still around in 2015. And they look exactly like that Jeep, too, except without all the camo on it. I wonder if they had a hard time coming up with vehicles. Well, they had. That's why they had that ad they had on the big screen. It's all they could take old vehicles and just say we had it up converted. Yeah, so you wouldn't have to buy them. I, I remember seeing a few Volkswagen bugs in, uh, bugs in the back. Yeah, that Jeep is probably not a current Jeep because it's just one that they had the wheels flipped out. In. Related but unrelated in Batman, uh, I think Batman Returns, they used nothing but Volkswagen Foxes. And because they didn't want your eyes to be distracted, they wanted you to have focus on the plot. And it's kind of like this dystopian yeah. crime-ridden uh, crime city. But here the future is everything's jazzy, everything's cool, the economy is good. We still have the 80s power economy vibe going on with the affluence of material. But I don't understand here in the shot. There's a cop on the stairs just watching what's happening. Well, you don't know he's a cop. Yeah, he's a uniformed security guy. I mean, Could be a bus driver or something. Like that. I mean, you don't know. And this movie, just like with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, I... Uh, would make you know 90 minute cassette recording of me just uh, performing the dialogue from it. Now I probably understood the plot of this a lot better than I did of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Like, yeah. Who Framed Roger Rabbit, to my mind, was just what it was. It was like 
didactically like this character shows up and says this line and this character shows up and says this line and there wasn't a story to me like I couldn't have told you what the what the story of that movie was about huh this, this I could like I really understood what this was, what this was about well when you think about it each scene the, the concept of each scene only lasts about 10 minutes yeah so you can have a short attention span and still pay attention to what's happening there's a bloke broken broken clock tower in the back. Now here's something they were unable to predict, but they did it so beautifully. If you notice in a minute, there's going to be a USA Today news bot that comes down and takes photographs, and then all of a sudden in the newspaper, gang arrested. So really the internet would be the cell phone instead of the newspaper and the story comes out within minutes of, of the crime happening uh and th there's no way they could have predicted that well i don't think it's the newspaper change which i thought it was one of those is the time the time the timeline real realigning itself yeah but still, the media getting there so quickly. Yeah, it's really weird how time travel works in this, because it's like, really, the newspaper shouldn't change at all, because you got it from the other timeline. Notice that instant infant poster in the back, kind of a homage, homage to uh, genetic engineering, which, if you follow the sketch your news is there's been uh, accusation of a guy successfully cloning babies in China. Then all of a sudden we stopped hearing stories about it. A DeLorean. Biff is totally having a flashback. There's your Ford Focus. There's a taxi that went. But there's a taxi in this movie that looks exactly like the taxi in Fifth Element. I'd have to be in a suspended animation kennel. Einstein never knew I was born. Oh, uh, I always want to call that Dark Benji. Yeah. What in the name of Sir Isaac H. Newton happened here? Oh, yeah, Doc. Listen, my kids showed up. I got really angry when I figured this scene out, Patrick. Because the Doc just said, say no to the deal. But he didn't say anything about not creating a ruckus. Yeah. It's like, if you're so obsessed about it, why didn't you just fix it? Gang jail. Hoverboard ran rampage destroys courthouse. Yeah, see, the police are looked at. That, they're wearing a different uniform than that other guy. Yeah, that other guy, he had uh, gold bands and on, on his things, yeah. That's the one One of the instances of technology shrinking is how Doc is looking at what's going on over there, although all it is is a camera, not a, uh, not a phone. I wish I had read some of those headlines on the camera. It says, President says something, something. I missed it. One of the things we were talking about before we hit record was how... Biff in the alternate unit in the alternate timeline is awfully like Trump. And then the commentary was, well, Trump was the big the big money bags back in the eighties. Yeah, this was uh, was this before he declared or after he declared bankruptcy? I don't know. Oh, who knows? You know, and it doesn't really matter, but his public persona was Big guy. Yeah, no, this is, you know, he'd opened the, I, I can't remember if he'd opened the Taj Mahal by then, but he definitely had Trump Tower and he had a bunch of other, you know, I think he'd released the art of the deal by then. And, yeah, and by no means, just to be friendly, to be friendly to our listeners, I'm not interested in getting political when we talk about then and now, uh, other than stating the differences that we have. 
I like how we have female officers and uh, a white and a black officer, too. I think that's really cool. Yeah, the hats are a little weird. The hats are they look like they're supposed to be hot cops or something. <laughs> hot cops, hot cops. That, that, I love that car. That's, that's disturbing, is that because she's not on drugs, they can take her back to her house. If she were on drugs, she'd be going to jail. They didn't say that. I'm going to see where I live. You're 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 implying that they would take her to jail and not the hospital. Well, this they at no time said we we can't take her to jail. So that comment there, okay, is a little askew. This wasn't the era of the the just say no campaign. Yeah, it and was. Actually they joked about it. But well, you make a good point. I'd be more concerned about if you found if, if you're a police officer and you found an unconscious person in the alley. I would not just take them home. I'd take them to the hospital. This person's unconscious. Yeah, no, generally that would be the thing. You would take them to the hospital. If they were unconscious because of drugs, they would not take them to jail either. They would take them to the hospital. Once they're checked out and medically cleared, then it's possible they would go to jail. Yeah. And that, again, that would depend if they found drugs, you know, on the person and a, and a, and a, and a whole myriad of other factors. We missed something really big, Patrick, in that. The Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. And, and weren't they just making a joke about that a few minutes ago before the courthouse? They're going to Miami. Oh, the Miami? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I did absolutely no research before going into this. This is all about reaction. God, I love that cop car. That thing just is beautiful. It is pretty great. It reminds me of a Porsche, actually, if you look at the lines. Hilldale. I wish we had the lit sidewalks like that, the, the, the neon. That would be something that would have been nice that they would have done, to have the lit curbs and stuff. They could have easily done, like, glow-in-the-dark paint. What purpose do they serve, other than being able to identify them? They're stripper signals. Yeah, I know. So there we have uh, a smart door, which we have. Yeah. Uh, now, instead of your thumbprint, uh, it's a cell phone. But they do have thumbprint doors. They do have biometric products at my work. We use biometrics to get into key lockers. And we were using biometrics, I think, all the way back in the 90s. Were we? Oh, yeah. Cool. That's still a very 80s house, though. But it would be, though. Because they grew up in the yeah. 80s. Yeah, it's like when you go back to your grandmother's house. You know, She's going to have stuff from her era. That she likes. So again, it's not digital; it's video. I, I love how the television on the wall, though, is still in four by three format. Yeah, it's not widescreen. But you know, we have projector TVs now. I mean, that's what people yeah will have. We'll put those. Now, this character is a lot smarter than they give her credit for because she knows right away she's in the future. I gotta get out of here. But they said that they said they were going there. Where's the door? I love how they dirtied the wall by the light switch. That's good attention to detail. Did you see that? Oh, this Mom. outfit. Mom, is that you? This is uh, That's Michael, Michael J. Fox. J. Fox. Grandma Lorraine! Oh, there she is. Thompson and not um, 
granddad's little pumpkin. Not what's just not Christmas lover is. Well, that's that's not Michael. No, but it's not Christmas lover. I want the attraction where I'm just carried around by my ankles. That would feel great on the old back. So they're on the Sky Freeway and they're going to his old to his new home. Actually, it looks like a tracking problem on that window. Yeah, I was going to say, it's still video. Look how worn out this is. There's his old Letterman jacket in the back. They put it over the, that's where they would put it over the window, too, and not just on a wall. Well, we have televisions as big as windows. I mean, we're watching this on a huge TV. What does this seem like, a 48 or a 52? Well, you're the one that bought the TVs. No, I, no, no, I got, I got it used from a dude, man, in the back of the truck. No, not really. It fell off the back of my, the truck is what you meant to say. <laughs> my good friend David gave me this television back in 2010, and then I gave recently gave this television to the uh, Kent Kentley Studios uh, when I upgraded. So he's really happy he's living in a neighborhood that was once good and now according to the cops it's a terrible neighborhood. But it, it looks great. Yeah. We see we see a thing where we have a robot walking a dog. I kinda wish we had that. Yeah, but that's you know Look at that. Is that not the the fifth element cab right there? Look at that. It's great. <laughs> He's got a parrot. You know, that you know what's was... sad is a taxi ride nowadays could cost seventy. Yeah, depending on where they went from. When when I took so when I just got back from Germany, I took the airport from SeaTac to Puyallup, where I lived. That was eighty bucks. Yeah, flat rate. Waste recycling station. We're getting I love closer to that. Huh? We're getting closer to. You know, really, the trash can is getting smaller now, and everything else, you know, it's either recycle or yard waste recycle. The hanging fruit basket, we don't really see that. (laughs) Mom? Did you just call me mom? Thank God we don't do this. Watch six channels at the same time. Well, what's funny is that there were there were TVs where people would do that. Um, and now that's a widescreen television. Yep. Did you see that? Yep. That's that's it's widescreen, but it's designed to have multiple images. Yeah, six four. Which, yeah, if you watched. Presumably, if you had a TV like that, if you watched a movie, it would be in hand scan So he's talking to his thermostat. We can do that now. Kid not listening to his dad. That's always that's been happening since the Roman times. They actually, in archaeological digs, they would translate uh, just things that they've written. And guess what? The old people were still angry at the kids back then, be disrespectful to their old elders. It wasn't like that when they were kids. Hardly shocking. Yeah. Now, why he left the door open and unlocked on a time machine, I'm sorry. So, Biff And in a no landing zone, too. I know, right? So, Biff finds a DeLorean, and he goes for a ride. I love how they just lift it on the back yeah. of it. 
they just obviously make it look like, okay, raise the forklift. Oh, you did it too far. Uh, did anybody here ever get to ride the Back to the Future ride at Universal Studios? Hey, pizza. No. Would, now, would you eat this pizza, Matt? Patrick? Yeah. Yeah? Would you Would you eat a dehydrated pizza and put it in a Black & Decker hydrator? If you have the technology to rehydrate it correctly, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. It's I, like... I could see this product right now. Honestly, the way it was designed, the lines. Oh, boy, oh, boy, Pizza. <laughs> that looks like terrible pizza. It looks about exactly what a Pizza Hut pizza looks like. Now. Yeah, I'll be honest. It, yeah, that's no, that's that's a Pizza Hut pizza there. So instead of the Google glasses, the kids would be on their cell phones. Voice activated Alexa serving grapes. Television on the fridge. Check. <laughs> and that was a big thing at the time. Most people did not have caller ID. That was such a weird era where like the phone would ring and it could literally be anybody on the other end. You had to pick it up. Yeah. FaceTime. And look at that. They even have the uh, original image reduced on the side of the screen. We do that now. Very cool. It's kind of weird to see Needles' personal information scrolling at the bottom. What does he like to drink? Scotch? Well, for a business meeting, it makes sense to have all of those things. I like the double the double Japanese tie. That's a little strange. Yeah, neckties of the future were weird. Wait, Needle's wife is named Lorene as well? Did you see that? Or maybe they were giving... Uh, Jogging, slam ball, and tennis. Nobody calls me chicken needles. Nobody. Nobody. So needles, needles needs uh, Michael to do a thing. Yeah, some kind of access or, or something like that. Yeah. So this is All blue right. collar crime. He's he's gonna hack into a network. White collar crime. Yeah. Oh, but the funny thing, the funny thing is that it's like it may, that they that they have this idea that it may or may not be monitored. Like, why wouldn't it be monitored at all times? Yeah. Thank you for using So still exists. IT is just about as fast right here as it is. So my work sent out an email to everybody that says, "Don't click this link. There's a virus." But they emailed the actual live link to everybody. Oh, God. And guess who clicked that link? Oh, Yours God. truly here. So within about 10 minutes of me clicking that link, three IT guys showed up to my office and took the computer off my desk. And they said, they said headquarters in Olympia knows about this and you're in big trouble. And all I could say was, well, you're in just as much trouble for emailing that link to me saying, don't click this link. And that's the last I heard of him, but I didn't see my computer for a week. It was it was an awkward moment. So uh, McFly just got fired. His boss called in. Do we know or care why? I like that she has no reaction to Doc outside the window. It's like, it's she just normal. Turns, it just turns around. She hears the knocking. It's like, if I was in a strange place, her knocking at a window, I would be a little bit on edge. Yeah. As to who might be there. Well, here's a clue. You know what the clue is, Pat? Huh. Marty's hand is broken. Yeah. And he can't he can't play the sweet sweet licks like he used to. I love how he has a amplifier head there. On a... Now see, they see each other. 
and they freak out. Yeah. As you well, would. Yeah, as you would if you saw yourself. Now we've been... <laughs> but we were talking over the explanation, and I could have swear I remember Doc saying the two can't meet. Or the universe might explode, or no. just you're, you're remembering Time Cop, is what you're remembering. I'm remembering Time Cop? Yes. Okay. Or if you did meet yourself, you'd like to get sucked into the so, so, why is he in so much pain right here? Because he's 78 years old and taking care of himself. Oh, okay. It was, you know, probably wouldn't wear a seatbelt, a rough ride. That's a lot of work to break your cane getting out of a car. Let's get back to 1985. And then I'm going to destroy the time machine. Destroy it. What about all that stuff about humanity? So, uh, Mr. Doc here wants to destroy the time machine. He's angry with it. If anything, we've noticed one thing about Emmett Brown. He does not like fate. Yeah. He wants to control his fate. To the point where he, he realizes he's gone too far with this technology. And he needs to control it by shutting it down for good. I feel like this should absolutely be able to work, that fusion machine. Yeah? Where you just put, put any kind of matter in there and it would just We should have that. Well, Fuel, yes. Fusion, I, I, I don't know. We can have fusion now, but it still takes more energy to put in than what we get out. We should have gotten... Uh, Keep Buttigieg on here to tell us about how that was going to work. So, back then, you could not create a fusion reactor from things you buy at the hardware store. Now you can. There's a guy who did it, and you can go and do this. Now, I'm kind of exaggerating about things at the hardware store, but from commonly accessible things on the market, you can build your own fusion reactor. Um, I'll have to find the link and put it in the, in the show notes or in the credits. But it takes some math, and it takes it takes some very specific work, but you can be done. What could I power with that? No, nothing, really. It's yeah. just proof of concept. Okay. So the problem with fusion reaction right now is that it's not effective. It's just so, a parlor trick. Going back to what you were talking about, Doc Brown does actually say it would be catastrophic and cause a... And unravel the very fabric of space-time continuum if you went back in time and met yourself. Yay! So, he breaks that rule because... Uh, he said, well, no, he said it's one of two possibilities. Either you should simply just pass out, or two, the encounter could create a time paradox, that result, the result of which could cause a chain reaction that would unravel the very fabric of the space-time continuum and destroy the universe. But there are times when, uh, when Doc and Marty talk to each other. But that doesn't happen. Well, they know they can talk to other. Like I can talk to old Doc, but not. But Doc can't talk to Doc. Doc can't talk to Doc. Yeah. Okay. So you can interact with other people, but you're not supposed to interact with your own self. So now we've traveled back in time. We think everything's okay, but wait a minute. The gate is locked. We also notice that there's some crashed cars, kind of discreetly in the background. Now this, right this feels here, so much like 2019 to me. This feels like being in the neighborhood I'm living in right now. Where a, a kid breaks into someone's bedroom and the guy busts into the bedroom with a baseball bat. Who, who lets their child sleep by a window like that with 
with just a padlock. No, no, don't worry. There's a padlock on the fence. The door with our apartment. The, the window. The with window. The padlock on the back down. The, the window would have been secure. But well, was, yeah, but there are no there are no ground floor apartments. Oh, well, so we're back to the '90s now. I say, wait, she's got a Michael Jackson poster on the yeah. wall. What's going yeah, on? Yeah, they've gone back to the like the '80s or '89 or whatever. '85, yeah. yeah. So, so what this guy is saying, they're not going to be terrorized, they're not selling, so they're making social commentary that people are being hired to harass people out of a neighborhood. Uh, so this is, it looks as though we've traveled back to a time where the good old boys run the system, the cops are for hire, there's lots of crime, poor upkeep of the neighborhood. And this is supposed to be 89 right here? No, 85. 85, 85 my bad. Where he's going to go back and he's going to meet his high school uh, principal? Yeah. But the principal isn't going to re- recognize him, is he? No, because no, the high school burned down. Yeah. Now, I could see this character doing so well in other movies. Uh, Strickland? Yeah. He could have been great in Judge Dredd. 1985. Uh, we could have seen him in maybe some of the Mad Max. I mean, he plays the angry, focused guy so well. He does indeed. So you're the son of a bitch with Steve in my newspapers. <laughs> Was he the guy who... He could have actually... No, I'm stammering. Strickland, the, the actor of Strickland, could have actually pulled off Christopher Lloyd's role in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. But then it wouldn't have been a Christopher I don't know. He has the look, but I don't know if he's got the... The intensity, maybe? Not the intensity, just the, he's not that kind of actor, necessarily. Christopher Lloyd is a very specific Christopher Lloyd. True. I mean, he may look the part, but yeah, like that. Day, Christopher Lloyd pulled that part off because it's Christopher Lloyd. Okay, so we have a drive-by shooting and guns everywhere. Now this is actually a really nice comparison to. So uh, I, I forgot the young lady's name. Uh, Marty's girlfriend. What's her name? Lorraine. No, Lorraine's his mom. Jennifer. Jennifer had the same reaction that Marty is having now. But Mar- Marty's like confused what the hell is going on. Jennifer was confused what the hell is going on. It's just different points of time. Here is Biff's club. Now this was a real hotel in Las Vegas at the time. I think it has since been torn down. Is that correct? This was shot in Los Angeles. This doesn't look anything like No, this. no. This, so this is not the hotel. Me and Sasha went to Las Vegas last year. And the hotel, far as I know, has not been torn down. Is it still there? Yeah. It looks like this hotel. It is not the same hotel. I could have swore they used that same place. It was the no, one on the bourbon, on the, uh, the, near the, Bur- the, the bourbon Fremont, Street, yeah. or Fremont Street experience. Yeah, it is not, they did not film this thing. Here's another 2019 thing. Cops are this thing. Yeah, well, I don't know. I re- I was in the WTO riots, and that was very much cop take. But that was again a response. They needed patrol, and if they responded in it with the SWAT team, you don't have tanks driving down the streets on a regular just beat patrol. So now we have our parody to big businessman Trump. Inside, you will learn how Biff became one of the richest and most powerful men in America. 
Now this is our supposition, right? This isn't based on fact. What's not based on fact? Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm making the suggestion that they based Biff Tannen over 1980s, on 1980s Trump. Is that? No, they did. They did? That's, that's been stated, yeah. Okay. Right, right down to the, basically the hairstyle. Okay. It's, it's, yeah, they... But we just had our first tease of what's going to happen in the, in the third movie. Yeah, they talk about Mad Dog Cannon. Oh, that's right. Hey, 1979. So, so Marty is basically getting a montage explanation of what's happening. So this hotel was the courthouse where the clock was that sent down. I love the East Maryland. Mom marries Biff. Yep. <laughs> that was another big Trump thing with all the different. No! Oh. <laughs> that must have been a very uncomfortable scene to film for everybody. There's Billy Zane there in the big hat. And now we get our call. A long back to black silence. To the first movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. For the opening scene, what yeah. was he hanging off a ladder and he fell down or something like no, that? I got hit by a car. So it's almost as if, like, he, it's the everything's okay until it's not. Now, this, this joke coming up, I did not get in uh, when I saw this movie originally because it was like, What's it? Um, Leah Thompson just, you know, fell home enough to be my mom. So paying attention to her boobs was not something I was doing, as most seven year olds don't do. Right. Well, I think Marty's reaction here is not, ooh, boobs. It's like, why is my mom sexualized? Yeah. This is really bizarre. Oh, it's your father. Weird story. Uh, my sister, my brother-in-law and I were driving around, and my sister was talking about my aunt's figure, and she asked me and my brother-in-law, like, did we notice that? And I'm like, no, men don't notice those things about aunts and mothers, really. <laughs> it's more like a voluntary, yeah. subconscious omission. Yeah. Oh man, she's having a hard time walking in those heels. Yeah. I wonder if that was a real fall. Well, who knows how much the chest piece she's wearing weighs, too. Yeah. She's got a balance being in the heels and then however much the front part weighs. He's a butthead just like his old man. A butthead? Ugh. You don't talk about I my I miss so people saying butthead. And this, this, uh, this movie series says son of a bitch so many times. <laughs> yeah. And that was that was the big one that my mom was worried about. Was, Don't say son of a bitch. <laughs> butthead was fine. Everybody said butthead. Always the little hothead, huh? You know, there's a really there's a really nice moment, and it only lasts for a brief moment between Biff and Marty, when Marty references the manual, and they have about thirty seconds of mutual respect for each other and understanding time travel, but then they diverge their separate ways. But it's almost like a moment of respect. That's the other callback, she, she's now a drunk again. When uh, he went back in time, he actually oh, cured her yeah. of being a drunk. Alcoholism. Yeah. You walk out that door, and I well, this movie has a really strong play on substance abuse. 
All the, three movies. The one time that they reference in this that she's got two other kids besides Marty. The brother actually had a cameo in the original cut of this movie. No kidding. Yeah, but they kind of decided to have it be that it seemed like Marty was an only child. big happy jailbird family. Did we ever know why her brother went to jail? I don't remember. I don't know if they ever really discussed it. As for that, you, I, you know, that would have been a cool nugget for them to put in. And how funny would it be each time he went to jail in a different timeline, it'd be for a different reason for helping Doc Brown out? Like, what if he was the first assistant to Doc Brown, and, like, he got busted the first well, time? Well, I don't the McFly family and the Brown family weren't family friends. Yeah, well, they weren't. They've no. ne- the, the big story they've never told is how, uh, I had it coming. how Marty... And he takes care of all of us. Well, they've shown how Doc met Marty, because that's the plot of the first movie. Yeah. But they never show how your Marty husband. met Doc for the first time. Right. How can he be your husband? How could you leave Dad for him? We we get it. Yeah. Marty's yeah. just having a really hard time accepting no. that this movie's happening. No, I'm not feeling all right. Now, I don't understand one damn thing. It was great, like, revisiting this. It's probably been more than ten years since I've watched this movie when I rewatched it again. But I was like, you know, this this is kind of an unnecessary sequel. The original Back to the Future is a perfect movie all on its own. And all this really does is set up Back to the Future 3. They wanted to have a Western story and they had to figure out how to do that. Really? Yeah. You think that they wanted to go Western? Yeah. Now, I... Well, but, but it's me, like rewatching it and thinking about it for the podcast, it just brings back so much nostalgia. Because as, as an eight-year-old, it's a perfect movie. This is a perfect movie. Yes. I could watch this alone. Yeah. You would have not needed to known about... So, let me tell you something. When I watched the Back to the Future 1, I thought, this is so dumb. They got a time machine and they go into the past? What a waste of time. It's just like, I want to see all the cool things no, in the future. I'd go in the past. I would never go in the future. I, I don't care about the 50s. Like, it didn't relate to me. I So when I saw this, I'm just like... Whoa! Flying cars. This is all, this is for me. At heart, I'm a history person, so I would go to several points in history. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, being Asian, I would stand out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you'd have a lot to. of the most the things that I find interesting are throughout American history and early European. I know history. it'd be insane. It would be insane how racist it would be. I mean, that's the thing is, is if anybody in town saw me, it would just. It would, yeah, I would just... You're like, what, what are you doing here? Well, yeah, it would be like if you went back to the Old West. It would be, you know... In, in, unless I wanted to observe, certain, you know, manual labor firsthand, I couldn't, you know, be hanging out. At, you know, yeah, I couldn't go back to the American Revolution without severely standing out. Probably executed as some sort of spy. Well, back, back then, too, I mean, if you were Irish... Versus English, versus German, versus well, yeah, I mean, Norse. if you kept your mouth shut, you could, you could pass. You could walk around, but yeah, me, I would just immediately. But yeah, that would be me. Is I would, I would. I've no desire to see the future, really. But the past, yeah, I would be. Yeah. So I was really upset that they went back, uh, further back in cowboy time. But I look at I look at the what 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 killed cowboys in television, Pat. Sci-fi. And so wouldn't it make sense that they use a science fiction device 
to go back to the old west. Yeah. Yeah. It almost, they did the future, now they're going to the past. You know, the super past. Uh, you know, they did the past, now they're going to go, yeah, the old west. I, I mean, the old west it was a right, I think there was a right choice for the comedic value of yeah. You know, remember, because it's 1950s Doc Brown who sends him back, so he sends him back, you know, in those 1950s spaghetti western style clothing, which was not, you know. So, so I'm going to do a quick spoiler here. If you haven't seen the latest uh, Marvel movie, plug your ears. So they just looked at a, a, a chalkboard and talked about timeline travel, and in this... Uh, Latest Marvel movie, that's exactly what they do is time travel. They made a ton of Back to the Future records. Well, what I, yeah. thought was, what I thought was cool there, when they showed the receipt for uh-huh. the uh, book, that's what Canadian money looks like. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that's Canadian true. money is like, you know, plasticky and translucent. But I, I like what they did in that Marvel movie is that they they were they were kind of joking about what it's not like this it's not like that it's not like Back to the Future I mean they were just calling out all the time travel rules and they're like no every reality is its own reality you can never go back you you just fall into something that man we should bring back the, the little dusk we should bring back the little dusk bell every time they say son of a bitch so you know what's crazy. I've got a little desk bell. Uh, I had my closet cleaned yesterday by uh, by a friend, and apparently I went to a New Year's party and, while drunk, stole one of those bells. Oh my god! In the pocket of the coat. Well, now we can't publish this, man. They're gonna hunt you down. I didn't say where I was. Is there the uh, Smith Tower? Oh, the Statute of Limitations. Is yeah, the Statute of Limitations on stealing a desk bell. <laughs> That's it was pretty crazy. I was like, I must have just been just tipped off my butt and stuffed it in my pocket because I had the little New Year's blower in there next to it. Yep, that's great. <laughs> yeah. So, movie newspapers I hate because they would Doc Brown going to an insane asylum would not be front page news. Possibly a local paper. Yeah. Yeah. How big is Hill Valley, though? Bigger than a bread box, I imagine. I mean, if you think about it, you know, there are towns around the Seattle area here that are probably comparable. I would say Bothell would probably be maybe comparable. Which is funny because Bothell is where, uh, what's it, uh, Rick and Morty is set. Yeah, so it's... Wait, what, 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 what? You didn't know about this? No! So, they asked uh, the creator of Rick and Morty where uh, where the show took place. He goes, a suburb north of Seattle. No! Was all they say. Yeah. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. This is another disturbing. call to the third movie here. Yes, there, indeed. Where you got Clint Eastwood wearing the, uh... The, uh... The, the, the cast iron stove covers of vest. Good recall. But, uh, yeah, no, a small-town newspaper like that for a, a somewhat quirky, famous local person, they would yep. definitely... They would... When, that, um, when that high school teacher faked his own assault, that was all front-page news in the local paper. Uh, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't make the New York Times, but it would make, like, you know, like the, you know, the Bothell Reporter or the, you know, or some like other local four-page newspaper that you get free in front of the grocery store. Here's the moment of mutual respect I was talking about. Biff starts treating him like an equal now, and not as some dumb punk. Well, he knows that he's 
Yeah, yeah, he knows it's not the, the the Marty he's been raising. He knows um, it's the one that just returned from the where, future. Yeah. So he's hyper focused. He's not gonna he's not gonna treat him like a bully. He wants to know what he's up against. See, look at the portrait, Sasha. That's obviously Donald Trump. Oh my yeah. gosh! Now it, it also it also looks like a comedian from uh, Saturday Night Live. Here's the biggest problem with Biff's plan, though, yeah. is by publicly say, you know, because he yeah. he straight up says that he got all of his money from gambling. Yes. Uh, eventually, it would it would stop working because his close involvement, his observation, would change the result. Of the exactly. Yeah. But he made so much money that he could form Biffco Industries, which yeah. it said in there. So after he probably realized he's not winning as much in the gambling. So then he relies on these companies he's bought out. Or you, yeah, or you just, you know, you, you do it through proxies. Mm-hmm. It's not him placing the bet, it's somebody else on his But behalf. then after a while, so it's a butterfly effect. So, like, eventually he buys out the farmer that thoroughbred is not born, or some weird thing like that. And then the, since that thoroughbred is not born, they can't compete in the race. Will Farrell, Farrell is the name of the actor I'm looking for. When he closes the like, portrait, he's like Trump. Saturday Night Live. No freaking way! <laughs> so he lays there's the, the almanac. He says this book will tell me the outcome of every sporting event. Yeah, not only a dust jacket, but also the uh, plastic bag. Well, that's just a Ziploc bag. bag. The, the yeah, plastic bag that had a sprite silver. He says, no catch. Just keep it a secret. I'm surprised that Biff is even telling the story to After him. That, he well, he asked that. He's basically he's like, well, I'm telling you this because I'm going to kill you. Yeah. It's classic supervillain kind of. Well, it also helps with the narrative. I love the matchbox holder that turns into a throwing star. Yeah, that totally looks like Will Ferrell right there. It does indeed. Oh, tell me one more thing. Said someday a crazy, crazy wild eyed scientist <laughs> or a kid may show up asking about the book. And if that ever happens. I have to look at this gun. I didn't think it'd be you, kid. Funny. I never thought it would be you. It will be if you're forgetting one thing. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah, and so now the mutual respect is gone. I am really surprised how Marty gets out of this alive. Because think about it, this is a lockdown hotel. Yeah, I know. Any any Vegas style hotel like this would have an, a massive army. And they would not have three knuckleheads like that. Oh, they would absolutely have those, but they would also be backed up by an army of this staircase. This staircase is so bizarre. Yeah, There's that's two staircases running parallel to one another. But he, they, I know, they, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. To see. Didn't they didn't they pull that move in uh in the other in, in the first one too, in the high school? Not with two staircases no. running parallel to one another like that, no. See, this is where Biff is not a dumb guy. And he's they, nuts though, which I kind of I'm kinda of disappointed by. That he's crazy? Yeah. I don't, mind, I don't mind the idea of him being just a horrible, irredeemable person. I don't think I've There's seen probably him do quite a bit of crazy. drug usage, though, in yeah, you're right. his life, too. You're so. right. And the, it's the 80s, so there's coke involved, I'm sure. I owe the police. He also reminds me of the insect villain from Men in Black. Oh, jeez! Just shut up already! 
Oh, what's the name of that guy? Someone with flies! Uh, the guy from the same. Men in Black, I don't remember. But you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Poetic justice? Does he actually use that phrase, poetic justice? No. <laughs> well, that was easy. There's the DeLorean. Hit him in the head, <laughs> knock him out. They make that joke in a Simpsons episode when uh, Troy McClure shows up in his DeLorean and he gets pulled over by Chief Wiggum. And yeah. He knocks out and he goes, boom! Oh! <laughs> Whacks him good in the face. Those DeLoreans are good looking cars, though. They're I would really... absolutely have one if I won the lottery. They, they really stood the test of time. There's 1955 again. They had, a, uh, so they had warehouses and warehouses of parts. Um, they just didn't have the engines. The engines were horrible, so a lot of people put Porsche engines in them. And for, I want to say around the early 2000s, a company bought out the warehouse and was assembling them. So you could buy pretty much brand new, no, brand new DeLoreans. They had every part except the engine. So you would just buy an engine block and you could custom order, basically. There's a really fun American Dad episode where they decide they're going to buy one from the company. I know, he's buying part by piece. He's part by part. We saw another hint to the uh, part three of 1885 there. Yeah. He's hitting the console. You can actually uh, do a part search on uh, O'Reilly's webpage and get the uh, flex capacitor there. Well, you can buy that on eBay and a bunch of other places. They have full-size ones you can pull. Oh, yeah. Well, I meant as a joke. It's like, sorry, this part is not available, but it shows the thing. Oh, this is heavy, Doc. I mean, it's like I was just here yesterday. Now, why oh, would there be... Well, you Amazing. Oh, they traveled in time, so they're in the past oh, now, in 55. As I say, why is the car covered in frost? Because that's the it's that cooling mechanism. All Biff was short to give young Biff the almanac. Above all, you must not interfere with that event. You must let old Biff believe he succeeded so that he'll leave 1955 and bring a DeLorean back to the future. Right. Right. Once old Biff what? And I was like, or we could not go back to the future where I bought it. You could go up to me and say, for God's sakes, return it and get your money back. That yeah, future doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah, that's true. If they went to the future, they go to the future where yeah. Biff was knocked out and he knew the, and he knew the, uh, the future. This is a great scene. He's just a run up and down the street. Get back to 1985. Remember the lightning bolt at the pop tower? Yeah. That event doesn't happen until tonight. So you want to So I love this. Yes, this makes complete sense. Yeah. 1864, 1994. Oh, we should have paused it and see what the the. The 2015 money looked like. I'm sure it was in there. Uh, now we're watching the first movie again. And of course, the Tannen family has a lawn jockey. So what is a lawn jockey anyway? I don't get it. Pink flamingo you put in Yeah, but, the, but a lot of them were blackface. And one that the And a jockey is a horse rider. Correct. Okay. But that's a, but it has because so many of those were blackface. It has become a racial slur. Okay. Love those cars. 
I hate everything else about it. You want this ball? You want that ball? And they also, they also added the idea that uh, Biff loses his grandmother. My grandmother actually lived in a house that had like an upstairs balcony like that. Yeah. We were not, never ever allowed to be out there because it was, you know, insanely dangerous. But yeah, it was Widow's walk. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot of those houses. Like, for any of those, I know a couple of people in Ohio listen to this podcast, so... Look up Mulford Road in Grandview, Ohio, and you see those houses right there. In fact, I was floored. When I watched this, I'm like, the hell? They go down the street? Like, it didn't, uh, it didn't occur to me what was, you know, because I was kidding. Incidentally, our, uh, I will shout out our Ohio listeners that I do know of. That would be uh, Mr. Aaron Henry yeah, yeah. and uh, Professor Alan Middleton. Yay! Uh, recently on... Uh, Alan Middleton's show, uh, I want to say it was on Shortbox Showcase, he did a whole outtake where it was him trying to explain to his daughter how to pronounce, sorry, his kid how to pronounce my name. Oh, man. It was really funny. How do you mispronounce Patrick DeHillmore? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I just did it. Yeah. Sweet. (laughs) So, I wonder how much the parent trap and learning how to film that... Help contribute to now, the is that scenes of this paint movie? that he's throwing on. Oil. No, it was cans oh, oil. Okay. okay. Oil. So New there. Dress. Look at that. Um, recent movie recommendation. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the name of it is Better Watch Out. And there's a scene in this where this kid and his friend have this bet about what would happen if, like in. Uh, Home Alone, you swung a can of paint into somebody's, a full can of paint into somebody's face. Yes. Whether or not it actually knocked them backwards. Yeah, that's what happens. He just, uh, he just literally completely obliterates the dude's head. Right. I got a question for you. So this scene right here, is this original footage from the first movie, or did they re, did they make the scene for this film? They made the scene, they made the scene for this film. Because it's a different Lorraine. No, it's not. No, it's Lorraine the same is the Lorraine. same actress. Yeah, it's, oh, okay. Jennifer is the one that's Oh, and there's the there's the prompt. He needs to become rich. She said never, not even for a million dollars. Yeah, that's what that. That's why it's not a different scene. Angry white guy demanding that a woman be his. So why did these two not pass out or universe explode? See, yeah. continuity, man. Just get in the car. Or, or maybe they're just too dumb to realize that he's talking to himself. Right. He, it, does, he never knew because he even Stephen told Marty that like this this old guy showed up and told me that this would happen. And he even says right about here he says he's a family relative. Yeah. Good thing a Biff really responds to bullying. Did you notice that? Like he'll back down if you bully him back. How do you know where I live? Let's just say we're related, Biff. And that being the case, I got a little present for you. Well, the only reason Biff is going along with this is because he oh, yeah. was able to start the car. That's perfect that it's the kind of car that it is. They don't have to match up the two sides of the screen. They literally have a line of the Oh, yeah. You think they put that, that little bar in there that came No, that's, that's that came with the car. But it works perfectly to film, you know, 
to have the scene the take place in that way. And I'll give that to you. Well, that's very nice. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, why don't you make like a tree? And get out of here! <laughs> get out of here! <laughs> you idiot, make like a tree and, and leave. leave. You sound like a damn fool when you say it wrong. All right, then leave! And take your book with you. Don't you get it? You could make a fortune with this book. I, I really, I really do like how old Biff has to basically bulldoze through young Biff's attitudes. And, Could you just shut up for one damn minute? I'm trying to help you, kid. Yeah. But your million bucks, you see, only went from 19 to 17. What are you deaf? <laughs> old man, he just said it was over. You, you lost. lost. Oh, yeah. yeah. Turn it up. It's kind of cool, like, movie convenient. He could just turn it up on the last minute of the game, and there it is. I could see, like, a family well, he guy. Found the he found the game on right, the radio well, first, the and then he found it. Ah, oh, okay. I told you. I could see a family guy uh, version of this where they're like, but three hours later, okay, now the game's finishing up. <laughs> I know. We've been sitting there the whole time. It's like, I have, yeah, I have this baseball almanac. That goes from the 1890s to today. Let's go back to 1895 and go to a baseball game, and it's like a 15-hour game. <laughs> yeah. Keep it locked up. So he still doesn't get it. He doesn't appreciate it. It's just he's getting along with it. Oh, there's one more thing. One day. Is this the first spy outfit we see for Marty? No. Yes, it is. Yeah. You know, he reminds me of Spy versus Spy. We yeah. all grew up in the 80s. Mad Magazine, you had to have seen Spy versus That's Spy. That's something I'd get is a complete Spy versus Spy by the original dude. They're still doing it. It's by uh, Peter Cooper now. Well, so do you know the story of Spy versus Spy? I do. But, yeah. tell, but tell, about, tell our audience. So, so I know half, but maybe you can fill out the gap. So Spy vs. Spy started for me. I was going to my grandmother's house, Midway, Ohio, and my uncle, uh, he kept his old bedroom for when he was a teenager. And he had all these mad magazines stacked up from when he was a kid. Uh, well, it didn't come out exactly when he was a kid, but when they started coming out, he was buying them. And I noticed all these little cartoons in the corner and the idea was spy versus spy is there's this guy who were doing these drawings and he kept on submitting and submitting and submitting the comic trying to get published and they kept on saying no but we gotta fill the space in between the frames oh no you're thinking of the sergio argonis oh yes the spy versus spy was it was a guy that was in world war ii Oh, and yes, was, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, cool. No, go ahead and finish up the story. I, but the Sergei thing is a, a different thing, where he kept on being told, no, we're not going to let you in this magazine, but we're going to put you in the side of the frames, and then he kind of got known for that. Yes. But why don't you finish off the Spy vs. Spy? So the creator of Spy vs. Spy, his name I don't know, he was in World War II, came back very disillusioned about fighting. Mm -hmm. But he loved, you know, that kind of comedy. So the idea was there's a black spy... And there's a white spy. Yes. And one never, and a different one wins every time. It's never always the black spy or the white spy that wins. It's random. Yeah. And when we say black and white spy, it's two it's guys that kind of look like mosquitoes, and one is dressed in white and one is dressed in black. Yeah. And then they created a woman that was the gray spy. Oh, I didn't. I don't think I ever saw her. Yeah. Now here's the tunnel from. Who framed Roger Rabbit? It was also in another film too. 
It's a cool tunnel. If you yeah. can, if you ha- can have it in your movie, I don't see why not. So we have this beautifully lit 1950s neon chic street. And this set is in so many so many movies. It really is. I don't know the name of it. Um, but yeah, you'll see it redressed in a lot of stuff. It's the Tits of Town in Gremlins as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it in Stranger <laughs> Things? I'm not sure. Where the corner store is? Where I am not sure. sure. I would not want to say for certain so here's where Doc meets his childhood self. I have a hard time understanding how old Doc really is. That's kind of the gag, yeah. Because look, he's he's middle-aged right there. Even if he had er- early male pattern baldness, that character right there, the 50s Doc, has to be at least 45, 50 years old. Yeah. Excuse me, sir. And the yes, 90, sir. 80, 85, that's what, 20 years later? Five? 30 years later. I said 30 years, so 50, 60, 70, 85. That means Doc Brown would be about 85, 65 to 85? Yeah. Hmm. That seems unusually long lived. And then he falls in love. And the next movie has kids. That's right. And he's even probably about at least another 10 or 15 years older than that. Well, I mean, yeah, but remember, you can't remember the, the aging, so we don't you know, have 10 years taken off in the future. Wait, what? Remember when, when they, no, remember they land in the future for the first time and he's peeling off the mask and says, oh, yeah, I had them take 10 years off me. Okay, so he had a, a surgery done. Yeah, and okay. he could have had, you know, there's any number of other things. He could have gotten a pill that makes her live forever, for all we know. Because at the end of the third movie, I mean, he's got to be pushing 95, 105, right around there. They could have done more with this scene, but that's really nice. So I talked right over the scene where old Doc was giving tool advice to young Doc, talking about the weather. Weatherman says it's going to be clear. No, I think you're going to be right on target. It's going to be quite the storm. I absolutely hate this scene. Hate this scene with the fashion. Which, which this is with the, the desk coming up? Is that what you're talking about? Or? I just I hate this whole scene. The 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 fifties just really disgust me. I'm sorry. I just I can't get it into sense it. to me. Like some people can't get into the seventies or the eighties. I can't get into the fifties. Yeah. Though I do like the uh, saxophone there. In fact, that's the one thing that's interesting. Without the 50s, you couldn't have 80s pop. Truth. Well, without any decade, you couldn't have a decade to follow. True. These guys are doing people a favor, spiking the bunch. I love the, the, the little porn magazine. Has the you know, it's funny. I bought a Bluetooth speaker called Baba uh, Boom. <laughs> and... Uh, Gemini are looking at the credit card statement. Baba, boom, what's this? I'm like, oh, no, no, it's this product. I had to grab the box. Yeah. And Put down the rolling pin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that didn't actually happen, but... Uh, I didn't think it would. <laughs> she doesn't seem to tie it. No, no. But it makes for a good story. So my rule is, if it's not true, it has to be funny. Yes, indeed. 
Oh, is this the CPR scene? Oh, now that's kind of fun. Because CPR came out. Like, that was the big thing in the 80s, CPR. And everyone had to carry these really big pocket masks. I love the dude in this scene of the... He took his wallet! That guy is just fantastic. He gets an Oscar. Yes, he does. It's pretty surreal stalking, stalking Biff... Knowing your past self is going to pull up and choosing your moment when to ambush this guy. Because when you think about it, it's Marty could, future Marty, our Marty, the guy in the spy outfit, pick the worst time to ambush Biff because he's got to steal that book without in, without incapacitating Biff and ruining his past's future, if that made any sense whatsoever. So, like, if Marty were to just knock Biff out right now, then his his timeline would evaporate. Well, 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 Mr. Ten. How nice to see you. Mr. Strickland is also the forever old guy. I love that it took forever to figure out that, like, you can't have kids hanging around outside high school dances. They just don't let you do them do this anymore. No, not at all. <laughs> Oh, I remember plenty of smoking circles outside of dance. Statistics. Interesting yeah, I mean, they wouldn't let you go back into the building. Yeah. No, well, no, this was back in the uh, back in the nineties, so yeah, you could go in and out. I remember. one day I'll have you right I had friends that like would show up at a dance and like, boy, you you sat down real fast. You must be high. Uh, you know, I never ended up going to my senior prom. I went camping instead. Oh, that's good. I, I was, went to my senior prom. I, I was so disenfranchised with high school. I was just like, yeah, I'm done with this. That was one of uh, two dances I went to, and I didn't even end, end up uh, dancing. Um, the, they started to play uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit, and then uh, whoever was in charge told them to shut the music off. No! Yeah. It, we were... Uh, you know, Matt and I's class was regarded as like the worst class ever to have gone through that high school, and we were constantly being told that by administrators. Did you just see that sign? It said S.S. Strickland, and then underneath it, instead of like title like principal, it just said discipline. Yeah, because <laughs> that's for he, he might not even be the principal, he might be the dean of discipline, which is a different thing. Is that a thing? Yes, huh. I know we have truancy officers, but that's completely different. Yeah, dean of discipline. <coughs> I do have to give Strickland props though, because back then they did it. They don't think they had clip-on bow ties, so he probably the character probably tied that. Two bow ties were in style back then too. Like the, the principal would be in charge of like, you know, running the school and being the administrator to you know the outside and stuff. But if you were yeah, if you were acting up, they just send you the you know the dean of boys discipline. They usually had one for boys and had one for girls. Oh, I got you. Now, how funny would it be if Strickland took the book and started making bets? What would that future look like? You know, it's crazy. Is uh, you know how, how I learned what a dean of discipline was? How did you, you didn't it, go through it, did you? Oh no, this is this is crazy. So, it. Uh, they don't talk about this in the Mr. Rogers documentary, but uh, Mi Mr. Rogers, you said? Yeah. Okay. So, you know how he had uh, Francois Clemens was the African American police officer in the real world, right? In the land of make believe, they had a different guy, and he was the dean of discipline. 
Weird. He was also African American. He was also a singer. But it was not oh, the same dude. But in similar roles. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of surreal. It is. Just that easy. Look at that, McFly. Yeah. He he handed it to you. One man's garbage is another man's treasure. <laughs> Ooh la la. I love that it's more, more of a forum. It's more like erotic stories. Well, that's what Playboy used to be. Yeah. And then Hustler came and said, no, we're just doing pictures. Ooh la la. Oh, man. Don't leave the cover there. No. See, if I was him, I'd take the, the, the cover with you because you can't contaminate the timeline. Then you'll have the time ship from Voyager come by and the captain will, will beam in there and try to steal the thing and it'll go horribly wrong and Seven of Nine will have to jump in onto this time-traveling fiasco. So this movie does have a Star Trek connection, of course. Christopher Lloyd. Yep. I'm sure there's others. Yeah. Help me out, man. Uh, not that I can, uh, not that I can immediately think of. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if Strickland had been in Star Trek. It wouldn't surprise me if this he stole the wallet guy. This is great footage, by the yeah. way. I, I think they reshot some of these scenes. I think they reshot that one. Because they got to get the perspective from the observer rather than over the shoulder. So many good one-liners. Yeah. Kids are in love. Mom and dad, they got it. There's Marty. He's got to go. Okay, buddy, let's back up now, huh? Here comes CPR. Now, are you a Family Ties viewer when you were a kid? No, I was not. I loved Family Ties. Look at this wallet guy. He just stared him down. (laughs) It was uh, 30 years ago this week of the last uh, Family Ties episode aired. Did you know the... Did you just take his wallet? He just took his wallet. Did you know the big, uh... We, we, we totally derailed your Family oh, yeah. Ties story. <laughs> the big, uh, Family Ties, uh, Star Trek connection. Star Trek Next Generation connection specifically. Okay, I want to hear it. The youngest Keaton child, the one that was born in the fourth season, uh, played Alexander Roshanko on, uh, not the same Alexander that killed himself. Correct. The Alexander that killed himself is the Alexander that plays him the very first time he appears. You know, this makes me want to do a quick Google search here. But while I'm doing a Google search, we can more than easily talk about the film so we don't get bumped off of Google. So here's something interesting. If we, if we don't talk enough, uh, the the AI of the internet will pick up at least a minute or two of the background noise and flag us for copyright infringement, thinking we're showing the movie, which is always fun. So good old uh, good old Chris Honeywell uh, saved a couple episodes for us. Yeah, not well, good ones, but he saved them. <laughs> Woohoo! Honey, get up on stage. 
I don't understand how this guy can run around in 3D glasses. Yeah, it's, I mean, style or no style, that dude's gonna have what must be like constantly popping aspirin yeah. for headaches. Yeah. And who wears sunglasses at night? Back then, aspirin came in like a lifesaver pack. I mean, most, a lot of people, it was a cool thing to do. This guy's sitting in the gym and they're gonna jump. Me, then get out of there. Get out of there. Here's some great fan theories of Back to the Future. You know any fan theories? Let him go. Let him go. What are they saying? Um, Got a speed read. So Marty McFly actually dies in Back to the Future 2, but Doc Brown travels back in time to save him. Okay, how did that work? The theory here goes that Doc accidentally altered the space-time continuum, facilitating the altered future in which Marty is killed in the tunnel while attempting to steal a sports almanac from Biff. Learning of these fateful consequences, Doc gets there just in time to throw Marty a line to save him from colliding with Biff's car. How else would Doc have known to show up at that exact right place and time if not for some future revelation? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'll buy that. Uh, another thing was Doc Brown was attempting to commit suicide for the first time he tested the time machine. Which is interesting uh, yeah. because he does say goodbye. I'm not going to get into that one. I don't want to plagiarize other people's material. Uh, if you want to look it up, this is off of Time Magazine. Um, they have an article there called Five Fan Theories About Back to the Future So Absurd They Might Be True. I think that's Uh, one of those things where someone just gets paid money to write an article for clickbait. Ten reasons why... Anytime I do Johnny Be Good in karaoke, it gets to the musical break, I always do the the Hey Marvin bit. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Ten reasons why Catherine Janeway thinks there's coffee in that nebula. Articles like that. So let me ask you this. So he's jamming out 80s style on this guitar. I don't think people in the 80s would appreciate him jamming out like that. No, that's what they showed at the very beginning of the movie is Huey Lewis, the guy that wrote the song, telling him he's just too damn loud. Oh, oh, is that who that was? His band, The Pinheads, which was never mentioned again. Oh, I love Huey Lewis. I'm surprised I missed that. If they really do make that... um, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure 3, mm-hmm. they should have a joke about the opinions. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. I can't guess you guys aren't ready for that yet. <laughs> you kids are going to love it. Yeah. Not. Buy my demo tape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, brother. Yeah, that's I, another thing there that would have done some serious head damage. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, like ten bags of sand falling from a highway. That hit that when Marty knocked out Biff and stole his wallet, quote yeah. unquote. That's a serious concussion there. Getting your head punched That's why and then nuts, hitting yeah. the concrete. I mean <coughs> That's like time can be manipulated to where he becomes incredibly docile and works for George McFly, or he becomes super evil. Yeah. yeah. Or both. Yeah. Or the super evil publicly dumb guy. Hey, <laughs> See, why is he even conscious right now? I mean, he should be throwing up and dizzy with the hit that he took to his head. Right now. 
thing. So here's a question that I don't think anybody is anybody in this room can answer. What was fight culture like back in the fifties? If you had a problem with somebody in high school, did you duke it out? Yeah. Like was that the was that really the culture? The school might even set it up. Yeah, the school would say settle it in the gym. Yeah, even my yeah even my dad because my dad is twins. Yeah. Um, they wanted so bad for him to box his twin brother. But they set it up in like a boxing, like a fight with rules, not yeah. just a not so just even a, even a take us outside and settle it like men. Yeah. Wow. If you got if you got punched and knocked out, they'd be like, "Oh, he just got his bell rung." Okay. Yeah. So he'll, be, he'll, he'll be all right. He's got his bell rung. Get him a cup of coffee. Yeah. And then that was also back when you know if if a, if a boy came home with a black eye. It would be just dismissed as, oh, that's just boys being boys again. Right. And right. Your mom or dad might go, you know, you need to fight, you need to fight your own battles. Yeah, well, mom would be a little upset. Dad would hand you a stake to put on it and be yeah. like, did you, you know, did you win? I, I you can't know. believe we're that dismissive too. Well, think of the gen- think of the generation before. These are the, these are the children of people that were young adults during the Great Depression. Okay. So you might have had to fight a guy in the street to get a piece of, you know, crust of bread. All right, so there's, uh, he pulled a whole bunch of flag rope from the DeLorean. From the, yeah, from the, no, from the, uh, yeah, that was attached, but from when they took yeah, off. Yeah, he, like, crashed into it and yeah. dragged it, and he was just... And so there we are, we're flying along. This is a special effect, like, how, how that thing flies, kind of like a cutout, I mean... That's how the Enterprise flies now when you see it. It's just kind of a cutout superimposed. And a lot and a, a couple of the time it is fixed for the HD. I would I would not be averse to a little bit of HD being done to Back to the Future. Think it doesn't, it doesn't need a ton. It's widescreen all No, but yeah, if you just you know, certain parts of it you smooth it out. Yeah. I love how he just kinda snowboard skates to the next car. Um, so I do a, quite a bit of snowboarding, and I would have to say, for the record, that a hoverboard, uh, snowboarding closely resembles a hoverboard. When you're, like, at the bottom of the slope and you're just trying to skate to the next leftover, or you're just cruising along at, like, five or ten miles an hour because you've run out of hill, I often imagine that's what would, that's what hover, hoverboarding would be like. Why is he listening to Community Center reports? Because the sports reports. Oh, he wants to look it up. Yeah. Okay. Ohio State. Go Buckeyes. That's my school. Son of a bitch again. Son of a bitch. Back to the Future Part 4, The Children of the Bitches. Yeah. Now, my idea for Back to the Future Part 4 is that that bum gets a hold of the time machine, although I think he's dead now. Who? The bum that you always see. Oh, the bum. Yeah. The bum. Where's the bum? Refresh my memory. The uh, one who's always like the, the drunk guy kids? in the park. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would be great. Because he's seen the time machine several times. Is it always the same though? Yep. No. Yeah. That would be that would be a great social justice uh, wraparound. I guess. Well, because the bum is a marginalized member of society, and he gets to have access to this reoccurring time machine event. 
he could access it, access it multiple times in his life. Yeah. And with uh, the multiverse, there would be no problem with him. Going to the day they opened the uh, the Jack Daniels factory of Lynchburg, Tennessee, bring him on a big straw. Wow. Uh, and the money he panhandled would more than cover it due to inflation. I think we missed one of my, yeah, we did. We missed one of my favorite lines where Marty says, yeah, we could, why don't we lay the DeLorean on top of this car? Yeah. And Doc's like, no, that would literally tear the DeLorean to shreds. Yeah. Here's our faithful manure truck. We love that manure truck. We do. I especially loved it when I was eight. That was, one of the, that was one of the lines that I would Now, I had to ask what manure was. Me too. Me too. And they said, Sasha, it's animal poop. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> Why would they haul around animal poop in a truck? Like, I didn't understand. Why would you put poop in a truck? There's a great story that Kevin Smith tells about how his, when his daughter was, like, very small, she started saying shit all the time. Oh, and he no. finally says, well, you know what shit is, honey? It's poo-poo. And she was so embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> she just turned right around. Why did they loop that, out of all the things they could have done, I, I don't get it. Did you notice that? They, I was not paying attention. They looped the foot scoot. Huh. And it was so obviously looped. Oh, well. <laughs> See, now he's on a hoverboard. Couldn't he just turn around, put his hands out, and let the car just push him safely down the street? Well, again, you're getting hit by a solid object at a high rate of speed. But he could have... Your hands can absorb... Kinetic energy is a recoil for only so much. True. That's why, you know, when you're in a car and you suddenly hit the steering wheel with your hands, motion yeah. around and breaks your arm. You can't just go, oh, well, I caught it! So, it's yeah. Physics, it's not going to happen. There's a story about a guy that was like, wanted to show his girlfriend he was cool and he was driving a car at about five miles an hour. I wanted to just step out of it when he was talking to her. And he's like, but of course, you know, I fell over and rolled. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so all the uh, acts have been satisfied. Oh, uh, this is the, we're getting to the very, very best part of this movie. But you know what? We're opening up a new act that won't be resolved. Right. The the movie's over. Everything's fixed. All they have to do is get home. Next time on Back to the Future. Right. Sadly, this does not have the preview right after that. Oh, it doesn't? No. Oh. When I went to see it in the theater, it did, and it was amazing. I, I was like, I sure hope it Yeah, I excited myself. I'm like, oh my gosh. And you know what? Because this is only the first or second film, maybe the third film I saw. I remember that they did a, a release of The Rescuers, and I saw that with yeah. my parents. Yeah, I saw that in the um, theater. But I, like I said, this is one of the first films I went to see by myself. Actually, I went with my boyhood friend Donnie, Donald Stein. Donald, if you ever hear this phone, uh, this podcast, give me a freaking call, man, because I can't find you anywhere. Um, we saw this, and we saw a preview for the next movie, and I thought this is great. And then the next movie I saw, uh, just I can't remember what it was, but I was really disappointed. It's like what they don't have a preview for the for the next movie coming up. Like, it almost set an expectation yeah. that they should always do this. I agree. That's what probably the greatest teaser for any movie ever done is the teaser for Back to the Future 3. Really, when they showed it at the end of the 
You know, I bet you, I bet you we can dig that up it's somewhere on the DVD. We have to play. Okay. So everything's fixed. If not, it's on. Uh, Local inventor receives <laughs> civic award. I'm sorry, I talked about it. Yeah, if not, it's on YouTube. Oh, that was close. Don't get struck by lightning. Now, why can't Doc just land and they wait it out a couple times? Right, days? yeah. Like, why do they have to do this now? No, I actually believe Here that Doc go. died there. Here we go. This is, the whole rest of this is just cinematic gold. Here comes uh, Joe Flaherty, who uh, at the time he was famous for um, SCTV was the thing he was the most famous for. The... SCTV, why do I know that? That was where like John Candy came from and Dave Thomas and Andrea Martin and Eugene Levy. Do you read me, Doc? Come in. What's his name? Joe Flaherty's big character on that was uh, Count Floyd. Now, he was... He had, before this, he had been the villain in uh, Follow That Bird. Big Bird movie. Okay. And then, um... He's also the father on Freaks and Geeks. He's about ten years after this. 1999. He's gone. The dog's gone. This is a total mind trip. So even though we're in our second movie to deal with time travel, we have not seen this form of time travel where you write a letter and just let it progress through that timeline. Yeah. Yeah, yes, you have. Where? The ending of the last movie. Wait, how? He gives Doc a letter and the Doc tears up and oh. he takes it back. Right. And that's probably okay. where Doc got the yeah. idea to do this. <laughs> okay. All right. So you got to understand, it's been about 15 years yeah. since I've seen these. So. What? Oh, this is yeah. just so cool. I've got, got something for you. For you. <laughs> Pulls out a, a cucumber and just whacks him across the face with it. A letter for me? Now, here's something that never occurred to me. Look how this guy's dressed. Who yes. Western Union. Actually, he's, a he's dressed of like a freaking Stasi officer. He's dressed like Judge Doom. Judge Doom? Yeah, he is. Christopher Lloyd played the previous year for this director. Okay. <laughs> you think that was delivered? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Matching your description. That's a really loud windshield wiper motor. I can hear it on the track. Ooh, the 50s. So that letter is 70 years old, so it'd be like getting... Did you say 70 years? Yeah, 70 years, two months, 12 days to be exact. You know, now Ripley's Believe It or Not has, has an exhibit of Marty McFly accepting this letter. No, they don't. It's from the dock. He dipped this paper in coffee. It must be authentic. Here, Marty. My calculations are correct. You will receive this letter immediately after you saw the DeLorean struck by lightning. First, let me assure you that I'm alive and well. I've been living happily these past eight months in the year 1885. The lightning bolt 
So this this there's a website where you can sell telegrams to people. Yeah. And a, a friend of ours, I won't name him. I did this exact joke to him where I sent him a telegram with that the wording of the letter word for word. <laughs> Not bad. This is just a big icing on the cake here. They must yeah. have had a lot of fun filming this. Well, this is all reused footage. Yeah. Yeah. No, but we're we're Marty. The DeLorean takes off. He gets back to the future, and now our current Marty says, "Stop! You gotta help yeah. me again." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Enjoy it while it lasts, Mister uh, Emmett Brown. I always wondered how the metal caught fire. That was a little strange. Metal can burn. Yeah. True. I mean, uh, with the exception so of titanium, like, which can only combust in the upper atmosphere. You used to see they would have, like, insulator caps up on top of uh, telephone boxes like that, just to prevent that. Exact, uh, and it could be, yeah, it could be the insulation for the wiring that's burning on that, on that cable there. True, true. He's so happy. It worked. Because if you remember in the first film, he was a crackpot inventor with nothing that worked. Yeah, and he was losing self-confidence. And, and, yeah. and he had all these Rube, Rube Ginsburg machines or whatever they were. <laughs> Who was driving the car? No, no, that was your dog, Benji. No, not Benji, Einstein. Great Scott. Yes. If and you know when Christopher Lloyd dies, they need to put that on his tombstone. Great yeah. Scott. No, it's gonna say what does a yellow light mean? <laughs> what is the what? What does a yellow light mean? Oh jeez. Have you seen that? The, no. the different taxi. Oh, are they gonna do it? Yes. yes! They're doing the preview. <laughs> I thought I did not think that was on this disc. Oh, uh, they this just, is... they alter the theme to sound western. This is exactly what we saw in the theaters. Yep. And this has always been my favorite of the back of the Was that, that a one-year turnaround? Yes, it was. Not even a year. It was. This came out at Thanksgiving, and the sequel came out in the summer. So, do you think they filmed the movies parallel? Or yeah, they... they filmed it at the same time. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking, well, a lot of people will film a teaser with similar scenes and then go back and reshoot those scenes. A lot of Kickstarters do that for movies. Yeah. Uh, what was that one Kickstarter that went off? It was, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember. It had to do with time travel. Oh, this is killing me. I'll have to remember it and put it in the show notes. Anyway, there it was. Yep. Back to the Future. And we will cover uh, part three come uh, next year. That's wonderful. Oh I, man, I, I want to. It's like I want to watch that so bad right now after seeing that preview. We've got all night. I mean, holy smokes! Well, folks, we want to say thank you again for joining us to a very special segment on our Shore Leave series. Uh, Shore Leave is a basically a sub-production cabbed off of our Next Generation's First Generation podcast, uh, where we talk about Star Trek The Next Generation and how it impacted our lives then and now. And then we also want to say thank you to who's hosting this? Episode? The Two True Freaks. 
Wonderful. And what do they specialize in, Pat? All kinds of geek podcasts. Great. Every anything and everything that you're into geek wise. There it's living there too true freaks. They got a Star Wars podcast. No. They got a Deep Space Nine podcast. There we go. They got Yes, listen to the prophets. Listen to the prophets. They got a movie podcast called uh, Is it Jaws? Is it Jaws? They got a uh, they got a book review podcast called Required Reading. Oh my gosh! They've got so much stuff. Yep. A huge library. Well, we want to extend our thanks to those guys for carrying this content for us. You can also find us on our Facebook page, uh, Next Gen First Gen Pod. Uh, also, uh, if you want to reach out to us, it's Next Gen First Gen. Next Gen First Gen Pod at gmail.com. And uh, if you want to email or uh, Skype in or send us smoke signals, you're more than welcome to. Uh, we have a lot of fun engaging with our listener base. We are, if you're listening to this on release date, we're gearing up for season three of Star Trek. Oh, so it's going to be Let good. us know how, if you want to join us for a certain episode, we'll get you in. All right. Well, with that being said, we are going to sign out. I am your host, Sasha Shouties. And. Patrick Delmore. And then we have Matthew silently glaring in glee at the awesomeness what is this episode. We just can't get enough credits. It's wonderful. Thank you very much and we're going to say have a great day. R.I.P. Right,